Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kev's Perspective. I'm your host, Kev Lowe, and today, man, we got a really fun guest, someone from my past, someone who's doing really well right now. He goes by the name of DJ Sidereel, okay? He's a Minnesotan producer and the official DJ for Lil' Keed, and he's DJed for many, many national acts, such as Trippy Red, Young Thug, MGK, and many more over the years. He's DJed many festivals, some of the biggest ones, including EST Fest, Rolling Loud, and Mul- multiple occasions for sound set. Sidereel is now making music and releasing constantly. He mixes local acts such as Casey Pluto and Nimic Revenue from Minnesota, but also puts them in songs with people like K-Camp and others. Please welcome my guy, DJ Sidereel. Cheer. DJ Sidereel. Yes, Sarsky. Hey, what's good, my guy? How you been? Oh, man, I'm fucking... I'm ready to get back on the road, man. This Corona shit got me bored as hell playing Call of Duty. <laughs> he hop off the flight. He's in the hotel, walking around the hotel room just for everyone on video. So if you're going to see this man stumbling around the hotel room, almost hitting his head in the ceiling. I know. I've been sitting on. down for six hours. The flight from <laughs> L.A. to Miami is like the worst flight. I dread it every time. Yeah, it didn't sound good, man. Doesn't sound I good like I purposely like stay up for two days just so I can sleep the whole flight. I feel you. I feel you. And for those who don't know, man, this is DJ Sidereel. I've known this man from for a while now. I think the first time I met Sidereel was at a little bar called Neeson's in Savage, Minnesota. And that Wait, was uh, what? Yeah, bro. You were there oh, years yeah. ago. Bro. Oh, yeah, bro. And the ceiling was like slanted. Yeah. So I couldn't like stand up DJ. I had a DJ on my kneecaps. That shit yeah. was mad sus. Yeah, bro. That was in my hometown of Savage, Minnesota. And that was the first time I met Side Real. And then from there, I think we've kind of just stayed connected over the years. I think like it's just oh, kind of like since you're in the scene, you know what I mean? But this is before this man blew the fuck up. And became a bigger deal than, than anybody in the state, it seems like. Stop it, man. <laughs> We're on the way. Listen, man, I'm blessed, stressed, on the way to being the best, one day at a time. I fuck with that. I fuck with that saying, man. He's, uh, and for those who don't know, man, Sidereel's DJ for Low Key. Now that's the main thing he's known for. But I'm going to highlight something about, about Sidereel that, that I fuck with super hard. This man has the best stage presence I've ever seen. Stop. In my, I'm, not, I'm not here to gas you up, bro. No need too long for that. Like, <laughs> That you have mad stage presence, bro. Um, and one thing about it was the first time I saw you have stage presence because I, I knew of you, but I was like, okay, who, who is this tall fucker who calls himself a DJ? <laughs> I saw him at Myth. I think it was your. I think you're opening for MGK. I think that's what it was. I was like 16. Yeah, bro. That was years ago, bro. Like it I'm, was like nine years ago now. Because you what? You're 25 now, right? Yeah, I turned 25 on the 12th. Yeah, and I'm 24. So like, that's how long I've at least known a side reel for like a minute, almost a decade. Crazy. Crazy. Um, but to get into this, man, one thing I want to know about you is like, I've, I've, I've read these blogs and why you call yourself what you do. So I'm not going to go about your background. I'm not going to talk about your brain surgery. If everyone wants to know this man survived a miracle, Google his name is the first thing you're going to see. I'm not going to talk about it. What I do (laughs) want to talk about right out the gate is that stage presence, man. How did you learn that being at such a young age? Cause most people don't got it. You know what I mean? I learned it. Um, for me, failure was my biggest teacher. I I didn't have like a big homie DJ that was like giving me pro tips on the back end and like <laughs> Bill Belichicking me. Like I literally just learned by failing and looking like a fucking idiot. And I'm really glad that I started that early. Like, bro, I've been doing this for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. And 
you know, at first I was really like, you get awkward. Like you don't want to make eye contact with folks. Like you don't want you looking down at your computer the whole time. And as a DJ, it's hard to break out of that shell because you think like, Oh, I'm so, I'm so locked in and focused on what I got to do here. But the reality is is that you're there to entertain and you're there to create a moment. And there are people in my camp that hate me for that statement. I'm there to create a moment because I'll get mad about small shit Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like my biggest downfall because you know i want it when you see me dj i want you to leave saying one two things wow that was the craziest dj i've ever seen and th- and two i will never forget that moment that we experienced there yep. because you know when kids go to conscious for a different few different reasons you know, they go to escape an issue internally at home or whatever they're going on going on in their personal life. And two, to have fucking fun. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a method of escape to a certain degree. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting if you really dig into the psychology of it. But I'm there to have a good time, too, you know. And yeah. I want to I create a moment that I don't forget as well. But really, time, time has been my best friend because without it i'm really thankful i started that that young because without it bro Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would not be doing climbing balconies jumping off the balcony right (laughs) you know doing crazy shit like i really had to learn it and you kind of just learn how people react you know if you go on that stage and you have any sense of fear in you they're gonna smell it on you right you could be the ugliest motherfucker you could damn near be overweight if you go up there with the most confidence they're gonna rock with you yep no, 100%. And that's one thing is, too, is like, before, have you always had that outlook as a DJ, man? Like, always had the outlook of, like, I'm going to make this an experience because not a lot of people do. Like, I know I know for, like, our DJ at CLM, Buddy Vegas, like, he's known for making that experience, but that's not even what he focuses on. So for you, like, what, what made you focus on that? Because you've been doing this, like you said, 14 years. So it's like, what made you, what, what clicked, you know? For me, it was realizing the power that you have as a DJ. Without the DJ, the rapper doesn't know what to do. Right. Without a DJ, you, there's no tone being set. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it really like clicked with me when I went on tour with Gunna. Because, you know, I've done many, many tours, but like the back line wasn't that crazy. Like there was no like huge LED wall. There was no light tech. There, was, there wasn't another like four guys running the sound and another two guys running you know, another lighting rig on left or right, right stage, you know, and I, it really hit me because, you know, when I first got on with Key, Key didn't really have, and this isn't a take away from his stardom because he's a star for show, mm-hmm. but he didn't really have visuals on the, the LED wall. He didn't really have a, a light show. He just had the guys that were running the tour just kind of winging it. And after the first day, you know, I just realized, you know, like, yo, I got to take control of this. Like, I got to literally send my set or what it what the projected set may be and, you know, whatever it is, because I usually alternate it every four days. It's four different sets every four days. I alternate it out so it doesn't get stale. And you send it to the light guy and then I have them map out like, you know, a virtual light show to show me how they want to do it and where the lights are going to dim, where they're going to go out, where the strobes are going to be, where the guys are going to be. And then I literally had 
my brain, my whole head uh, scan made into a metallic skull, which That's is the cover for 2500, the, the original one, not the Minneapolis remix I just put out. Um, and we put snakes coming out the eyes. We added heat on there. We added fire. We made it rotate. And then we had a bunch of different other scenes, but that was really just something that came out into my mind the second I knew that that was available to me and I realized that I could make that happen. And since then, I've, I've been such a fucking pain in the ass about, bro, I told you to hit these strobes here. Like, we had this mapped here. You didn't hit the strobe at this one second, bro. Fucked up the whole momentum. Like, mm. like it, people don't understand that there's more than just standing there knowing your lyrics or knowing where to drop the next record. Like, it's really a dance. It's it's literally a dance between the lights, the visuals, the music, what you say, when you jump off that stage, when you get back to the stage, you know, when the artist comes out and everything. And, you know, it's just kind of that's that's honestly my favorite part about the whole thing is going back to creating a moment. That creates a moment, you know, that these kids are thankful for. They, they feel right. great for it. Like they lose all consciousness. It's fucking chaos and mm-hmm. we're in it together. Yeah. It's really powerful. That's more important too. Like the bigger the event is the, the, again, the, I've, I've seen you throw that. Like, you were one of the first teachers I saw, like literally light the crowd up with water, jumping off speakers, doing all these things I've personally seen. And that energy definitely transfers. And again, a lot, I, it's so crazy, man. I've worked with, I've worked with some big acts, man. And like, it's kind of surprising. Even when I was working with the baby, his DJ, all respect to that camp, but like his DJ didn't even do that much. Like he's a good ass DJ. He's a really good producer, but like that man also didn't like go crazy. Like I thought he would, you know what I mean? Like even his pre-show, a lot of DJs that I expected to be at a higher caliber, not just that, but like don't do those things. You know what I mean? And I wanted to ask you, why do you think that is? Cause I'm sure as a DJ, you talk to other DJs, you bounce ideas or at least chat it up. Like, have you ever like talked to anybody that has that same mindset as you? Um, you know, what's crazy is like, I kind of, when I started doing the shit that I was doing, like climbing the balcony, jumping off balconies, like opening the biggest mosh pit you ever seen in your life. A lot of the DJs, I was kind of like an outcast because I was kind of, I, I want to say, and maybe this is over labeling myself, but kind of a pioneer in the rock star dj sense mm-hmm. because you know you got dj scheme and and people like that and they they deserve their credit like scheme is a goat bro but in all fairness scheme ain't jumping in that motherfucker right and you know a lot of people ask me even Taurus gunna's dj he was like when we did the gunna tour the first time we did the gunna tour he was like bro you got to teach me how to do this like how are you six foot nine 200 pounds jumping into the crowd every day and you never get dropped once and i'm fucking five two (laughs) (laughs) you know like but it's cool because uh i was kind of a scapegoat for it at first but then people were like i would wish a motherfucker would put me on first right go ahead because i'm just gonna make it harder for you to catch up Bro, I can't. I'm sorry, bro. If I saw your tall ass jumping into a crowd, bro, I'd be like, ah, like I'm done with that shit, bro. Your ass yeah, getting dropped, bro. I've never been dropped, bro. I've yeah, never been dropped. You, I, I, I did an article with King Ice where I literally have lost every piece of jewelry. If I have a brand new pair of shoes, I lose them. Like, I really like the first week of the last tour I did. I forget which one it was, but I was so black and blue. 
I had to go fly back to LA, go to the chiropractor. And I ended up having to go to the hospital because I broke a rib and they were like, bro, you got to lay down. Like you got to lay down. I went right on the jet that night and went right to the next show. My God. Did the same thing. Rib, bro. Yes. My whole rib cage, black and blue, my shins, black and blue. <sighs> I think I had cut the inside of my lip. Like I lost all my jewelry, all my shoes. I lost like a pair of $2,000 shoes. I lost one. They threw it back on stage, and I threw the other one right back out with it. <laughs> bro, that's passion, though, man. Like, I'm not gonna lie, bro. That's passion as fuck. And like, to the and again, I, I know. So to those two who like the biggest thing in Minnesota too about, um, to get a little off topic, to be if you're from Minnesota, you know this. The passive aggressive talking shit behind people's back is bogus. And I know that Cyril doesn't like isn't affected by that. And in the slightest sense, but there, I've heard people talk shit about Cyber and it pisses me off. And here's why. Here's why. Because this man doesn't get shit handed to him. And everyone thinks that. You know why, though? You know why they think that, bro? Because you come out of left field saying, well, I'm doing this now. Well, I'm doing this now. Side real is the reason why I wanted him on is because he's one of the prime examples of not talking and just doing, being an operator. And I talk a lot about that on my podcast, bro, is being an operator. And I wanted to know from you personally, um, what are your thoughts on the local scene in Minnesota? Because I know that I've personally, here's my personal thing before I get into it. And I'll let you know right now. A lot of them are not operators. A lot of them are just saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, but they don't do it. Right. Here's, here's my take on it. And like, listen, man, people are going to talk shit about you every single day when you do something different or something right. that they can't. Right. And I'm not mad at you for that. I want you to eat just not at my table. And I, I wish nothing but the best for everybody. The biggest thing that I can say for Minnesota, and it's so easy to get caught up in this, is Minnesota sees the trend. They're afraid to set the trend. Yep. And when they see the trend, they follow it. But when you follow it, you either got to be so fast to be on top of it or you're just going to be way far behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's an issue. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of talent. A lot of talent in there. So much talent. Casey Pluto, trendsetter. Uh, Taylor J, trendsetter. Uh, Lexi Allergy, God bless her. God rest her soul, trendsetter. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some. Minnesota Fats, bro. The biggest one to come out of there, bro. Mm -hmm. Mind you, that's my big brother, bro. I'm so blessed to have the same camp that that man had. And it's, it's just benefiting me so immensely. And that's my family. I love them to death. I would die right now for any of them. And, you know, I think that's another problem is a lot of artists coming up think, I need a manager. Yeah, it's not what you need. A, it's not what you need, bro. You, you need a manager. manager. What is it? My, I get called about this like every day. And my phone is an open book. I say this every time I do an interview. I've had the same number my whole life. I've never changed it, period. You could call me any day of the week. I'm going to answer that motherfucker. The biggest thing I say to people where it's like, yo, Sam, side reel, I need a manager, bro. What do I do? And I, The number one thing I say to them right out the gate is, what is there to manage? That's what I tell people, bro. Like, I was ignorant, man. Like, I tried to manage a couple cats. 
And because uh, I have this business mindset, right? Because a manager just to let everyone know, like you think you know a manager. They do financial advice. They do like career advice. They don't book you. That's what a lot of people think. They're like, no, that's a you booking. need an agent. Yeah, that's yeah. a booking agent, not a manager. So <laughs> right there, when I heard someone from Minnesota say, I need a manager to put me on shows, that sentence doesn't make sense. So I just went, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like now I know my mind, your mindset is wrong right off the gate. I think what I wanted to touch on was, because we've talked about it before, bro. Last time I saw you was at that shoe place. Was it Neff? What was that? What was that shoe place? Piff. Right. Piff, my bad. Um, And when we, we talked there, you were like, yo, you got the mindset. Like we always had the mindset to do something bigger, to always be operators. That's one thing I think Minnesota is lacking because people be talking shit about me behind my back all the time, including my close friends, bro. Because now I'm a, I'm a music promoter for, uh, I'm a concert promoter, sorry, for CLM. I'm not just like the dog is CLM, you know what I mean? I'm actually doing this. Like I'm actually in on every step of the process. So uh -huh. it's like when, when you go from that, like, like what I'm saying is when I went from just being someone who tried to be a rapper to then be someone who's actually accredited, like, like you, like you came up right out the gate, like, Oh, Cyrus is, you know, was DJing local stuff. Now he's doing national. Like that's a big jump is what I'm saying. I think that mindset people in Minnesota don't have, that's just what I think. And I always just wanted to touch on that real quick. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, ignorance is the biggest enemy to any human. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people ask the questions that they could just figure out on their own or just go hit Google. Right. A lot of people don't even got a lawyer. A lot of people think that every record is a hit, mm -hmm. but they, they ain't funding it. My boy, if you got a hit, bro, you better go get yourself a publicist. Right. And you better be able to fund that. You don't need a record label to do that. No. You really don't need a record label to do that. You don't need a record, need a record label size, bro. No, man. Look at man. You need a record label. Hold on. I got to plug my phone in, but I'm going to keep good. talking. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah? Yep, you're good. You need a record label to throw gas on the fire that's already lit. You don't need a record label to take you from ground zero. That's the cheap way out. And that's not how you're going to last forever. Right. There's a reason why I haven't done a record deal yet. Because I want it to make sense. Not just on a monetary level, but just an overall level. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like, there's a lot more to this than just signing this deal and you get a hit. Nah, man, I'm trying to be around like Jay-Z. Right. You know? Oh, this is motherfucker low as hell. I apologize for fucking podcast real quick. I got my AirPods. Hold on. No, you're straight. You're straight. I'll talk while you're connecting it. Um, but I can't even hear you. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Oh uh, yeah, we're in this thing like swim gear. Okay. Um Yeah, no, nah, it's like Well, I've just I've just seen cats just in the scene that, like get three sixties. That's the one thing that bothers me. You know what I mean? Well, if a three sixties for listen, there's a lot of people that are like a 360 is bad, <laughs> but look, man, not all 360s are bad. You got to like, look at it. Like a lot of people just, they don't even know what 360 means. Right. <laughs> right. They just hear a 360 and they're like, Oh my God, fuck a 360. They don't know nothing <laughs> about it. Motherfucker signed 360 deals every day, my boy. Left and right. Bro. And a lot of them are up. 
a lot of them are up. The ones that fall don't have a good lawyer, probably. And two, uh, there you go. Oh, and two, uh, they don't have the hits. Or they fuck it up themselves. You can't blame a label. Yeah, you can't blame a label if your records don't sell. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Right, and I mean, that's what, I think the old mindset is just like that label is going to take you right out. It's going to take you, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's it's to equip you. That's the best way I put it for people is to equip you to do what you want to do. Some people don't have labels to like, oh, okay, well, if you don't have that funding that Cyber will be talking about, like if you don't really have, and when, by the way, if, well, funding, I mean like in light increments, I'm not talking like a fat paycheck. That's not what comes with music. If you're doing music to have a fat paycheck, you're doing it wrong and you're trying to force a force force a platinum record. And you're probably not gonna own any of that platinum record. Like Mod talked on it, man. Like we talked about this right out the gate. It was like if you're just gonna search for a label, you're forcing a platinum record. And if you if you do force a platinum record, that you're not gonna own any of that record of your master. And if you don't own your master, say goodbye to all your fucking royalties, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a lot different. You know, look, man, before you start going after a label, go get yourself an LLC. Yeah. Go ahead and set you a publishing company. Yeah. Go ahead and make sure that you own your shit. Go ahead and make sure that you got a sound exchange. Go ahead and make sure that you're getting paid off your SoundCloud if that's what you're putting it out on. You know, go yeah. ahead. Like, you got to make sure your ducks are in a row before anybody else does it for you. And you can't blame a label if they try to juke you. That's their job, bro. Mm-hmm. You can't blame that label. Hold on, people. Words that you don't even know, then that's on you. Yeah. You can't blame them. Right. It's a business, bro. I mean, that's... And if you're willing to do bad business, then that's your fault. Right. No, that's, I mean, that's one thing too. When I was last talking to you, I was a part of a part of a company I started that was about that, right? That was about getting your business organized and being able to understand each step of the process. Because again, if y'all don't know, as an artist, there's a there's so many steps to to the process of one record, not including albums and stuff like that. But I'm gonna get off that topic because that's just one thing I want to talk about in the local scene, just stuff like that. Like I don't know, I like talking about to like minded people about that because I have my opinion. No, I respect it, and like I. I want the thing is bro to end on this top the, put the last phrase or the last terms on this topic people a lot of people in minnesota think everybody's against them yep and that is the most wrong thing that you could ever assume you go talk to um ryan my manager who's the vp at 300 that door is always open from anybody from that town anybody he's from minnesota bro he would never shut the door on you period right nobody's against you everybody's watching you and you just got to make the best record possible if you want to make backpack rap boom bap shit by all means go do it but just know that the market is not as vast as it used to be in that subgenre of rap music yeah so maybe you need to reevaluate what you're doing stop putting everybody else on a on the back on the burner and look at yourself. Okay, I'm going to make boom bap music, so I just got to be comfortable with this scene, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit my ceiling, and we're going to run it as hard as we can. Or I'm going to reinvent myself, I'm going to make it more modern, and we're going to push that motherfucker to the wall. Yeah, no, it's called, it's called being adjusting and pivoting is what I, when I talk about that. And I've mentioned this in my podcast, too, when I was an artist and I knew 
that I was garbage compared to yeah. what I wanted to be. And that's just a fact. I like making music. I'm a classically trained musician, but my music in the genre I picked was garbage. And at least I had the, the understanding and self-awareness to say, hey, this is something I'm not the best at. There are other people in the scene. And I can name 50 people that really be killing it in Minnesota. One big example, that dude before he quote unquote retired was one of the best in the state was Nate Millions, bro. That man was one of the best at what he did, but he hit his, he even talked about it with me. He hit his ceiling. He didn't pivot and he chose a different route, but he pivoted in, in a different way. Like I did, like I pivoted into a different career, just not in that genre. Does that make sense? I talked to uh, Cato about Nate because I, I, I owe a lot to uh, Nate and Tracy to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, like, they put me on that stage in Savage. I didn't get no money for it, but motherfucker, I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, like they did. They did some low key cool things for me. Cato asked me, like, how do we? How? What would you suggest? And I'm just like, bro, two things. I think he's got to change his name. I think he's got to get a better appearance, and I think he's got to make harder shit. Doesn't mean he's not talented. He's got every opportunity for him. But y'all are spending the, the wrong dollars in the wrong spot. Yeah. And it just that that happens far too often. And that was that is not a knock toward that man at all. I wish him nothing but the best. And I see him selling hella properties. He's the one I'm um, working with to get my house. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and get rich, Nate. You know, there's money out here for everybody, bro. And and to touch on what you said, like you realize that in your opinion, your music was trash. A lot of people aren't willing to come to that conclusion or they have homies that lie to them. Like, yeah. like, bro, honesty never hurt nobody. Honesty made many millionaires, billionaires. If you're not honest, you're not here to do the right shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Period. And a lot of homies, a lot of people just dick ride and aren't honest and hope that the person's going to figure it out so they can just tag along. No, motherfucker, if my shit's whack, you better tell me now. Yeah, and and not even just with the music, but also with what you're doing in the in the kind of just in the direction you're going, right? Like Kato knew he did the same thing. He told me, man, he said I went from artist to concert promoter to now he's he did merchandising for Riff. Now he's like almost doing management for Riff. Like it pivoting and changing to your strengths really can help you in the goals and the in the dreams you want. But you got to be smart about it, man. Like not just calculated risks, but like being able to swallow your pride and say maybe this isn't for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mate, for sure. So I, that's just that's just one big part of it. But move on from that too. You mentioned three hundred. Um, three hundred is someone where like, when did you join that camp? Is that something you've always been a part of? Or because I was curious, I didn't even know you were affiliated for years, bro. Those are those are some of my closest friends and people that I consider family. Um, I've been <coughs> tied in with them since. I want to say four years now. Okay. Yeah, so four years. You know, not too long. Getting long. <laughs> but uh, those are my friends, man. That's my family. Uh, I I love Kev, Jaylena, Glitch, Ryan, Salim, Oz, Joe, Kojo. The whole I'm the whole camp. Shauna, the whole camp, bro. Like every time I go to New York, I go to that office. They're like, yo, Sam, if you don't have anywhere to stay, you can sleep in the office. Like, that's really my family. Um, And it's just only up from there. And being with Keed and the whole 300 family, like, it's it's all family business. 
you know, and it's nothing but good business. I'm really happy that I'm actually paired up with them because it makes sense. You know, it's just everybody's so easy to deal with. They're on point. They don't drop the ball. Mm -hmm. If they do drop the ball, they're honest about it. They don't, they don't try to push blame onto other people in the office. Like it's really, it's really a grassroots company that holds themselves accountable and prides themselves in executing nothing but excellence. And it's, it's cool to be a part of, man. And they're open to all my creativity too. They're like, yo, you DJ for key, but you make EDM music. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, fuck it, man. They got to support the passions. You got to support what you're about, which is super dope. Cause not a lot of companies do that, man. Not a lot of companies care about the artist's core values. You know what I mean? Nah, they really don't. But 300 really does. 300 really, really does. Every time I see Kev, man, it's a hug and a kiss on the cheek. That's my unk. That's what's up. That's what's up. <clears throat> Kev's really no, well known. I was doing my research tonight. I did not realize who was in that camp. I honestly thought it was like a smaller smaller company but you really you really got a strong camp over there oh yeah no it's up that's yeah, what it's a lot of a lot of key players because again that, that they they build that perception right that's one thing that clm tends to do is build a perception of like yo you must have multiple players in that bitch i was like we got three of us <laughs> i mean with 300 y'all got y'all got hella operators in there bro hella operators but i'm glad yeah, it makes sense that's that's dope um and a lot of the times when you mention family Here's one thing about Sadra I never knew. He'd be saying slime, bro. What in the fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah. If I'm with my brother, with my slime. Yeah. Where did that come from, bro? (laughs) So uh, that's Thug. He started Slat. He started Slime. He started Yesersky. He started all that. Slat means slime love all the time. Slime is... I don't know if it really has a definition at this point. It's kind of so vast. But to me, it means like <clears throat> your bro, your fam, your friend, um, someone that you care about, someone is like your brother's keeper. Like, yo, Slime, can you watch over this for me? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I'll be right back. All right, but you got it, Slime. Like, every, it's just like such an interchangeable word. It's like yeah. interchangeable for bro. That's what it seems like. But I didn't, I've just never heard of it. You know what I mean? I don't know because I'm stuck in the wrong state. I don't know what I mean. It's just like... Uh, a lot of people saying it. Like, I was just at, at the airport in LAX, and I had seen heard this kid say slime. I'm like, who's saying that? <laughs> That's what's up, It's man. Yeah, YSL really setting the trend, man. YSL, these kids love that shit. Saying slat, saying slime, Yesersky, all that shit, bro. It's really the trend, really the wave. I feel old, man. I'm only 24, but I feel I feel like I'm just missing shit at this point. Nah, it's a lot going on, man. It's easy to miss it. <laughs> um, so the guy got got the slime thing out of the way. I was just really curious. <laughs> I had that <laughs> yeah, written that down. Sure. I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, now you my slime. I'm your slime. You feel me? <laughs> I feel we you, bro. Both slimy. I feel you, bro. I think <laughs> people asked me too the first time I met you. Uh, other than Neeson's, I remember sitting outside this dollar show and mob with you until you fucking walked up in that bitch. <laughs> I remember like I was sitting, I was sitting in line for like four hours. Okay, people, here's my, per, here's my perception of Cyro once. I was sitting in line for four hours. Cyro comes up to me. He goes, oh, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm like, yo, what's good? What you about to do? He goes, I'm about to go inside and literally walked his ass right up in the building while the lines wrapping around the back. I'm sitting here like, oh, like, okay. I, I swear to God, I knew that guy, but apparently I fucked oh, Jesus Christ, bro. No, man, it's just, um, my height has a lot to do with it. And I probably look crazy when I just got my like resting bitch face, (laughs) but like, 
when I was just legit, like a kid, I didn't have a plug. I would just walk on in that motherfucker. You were also, bro, I, one thing I'll give you, man, you, you told me once, you were like, yo, you just got to talk like you know somebody. And went up there, you're like, no, bro, I know, I know him, bro. What you mean? And then Mod confirmed it once he saw you and you walked right past that bitch. You know what I mean? So I was like, bro, that confidence. And that's actually, that's one big lesson I did learn from you was that like, I started doing that when I was a ma- I was manager for, uh, for Ken Soul for a while. Uh, it was just a local cat out here. And like, when I was doing that for him, I literally would walk into a club and I'd be like, yo, this is Ken Sol. He was invited here. And like, we just made it, we, we built this perception. That's one thing actually we should talk about is um, there's two things in music that can make you successful. It's the hustle for one, having the, having the operating mindset, right? But two, it's the perception. It is both, but it is not one or the other. So what I mean by perception is acting like you, you not like big time, but acting like you know what you're talking about, acting like you're in the right place. That did get you opportunities and it got me opportunities. I got charisma opportunities. It got a lot of people opportunities to get where they're at today, right? And is that fair to say? Like that is added Yeah, but the, the, the <clears throat> dude, fuck. The part about that statement that you failed to mention is uh, magnifying your reality to create the massive perception. You can't claim that you this star, but then you're really struggling to put food on the table. Right. <clears throat> you know, you got to – it's just about it's, – it's, it's, it's more than just perception. It's, you got to be a people person. Like me at this point in my career, I could go up to anybody and have a conversation with them. And we're going to be straight. It's a mutual respect thing. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm not credentialed or whatever, I'm going to be able to get in because <clears throat> this man knows I'm not going to fuck him and he's not going to lose his job. Right. You know, it's about people. Perception is key. And that's what stardom is, is this massive, overwhelming perception. But it's also built off your actual reality. And if you're not, for lack of a better term, lit, then... You, it's going to be harder for you to build that perception. Right. Well, also people build a false perception too. And that's what I was going to touch on was that like, you don't want to build a false perception either. And some people assume that which where it comes, shit talking comes from some people, you know, actually have that. And that's where, you know, like operators come from. So there's two sides of that coin. Right. And it's not an easy topic to talk about because like you said, it's like, I don't know, almost touchy. Because I wasn't trying to say, like, you're building a fake perception. I was saying you built the perception off the credentials that you had. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not offended at all, bro. I, I, <clears throat> I totally get it. But when I was a kid, man, when I was just a kid, bro, I, I think I was fearless because of my brain surgery. It, it literally made me fear nothing at all. Not right. one man or one no or anything. And I would literally try, 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 try and fail so many times in the span of two hours until on the third hour, I would get one success. And it <clears throat> it would be a yes from anybody. It would just be a finesse, bro. And uh, I, it's a really valuable lesson because a lot of people get destroyed by a no or a series of no's. But that doesn't mean that you can't find your yes somewhere that makes sense to receive the things that you were visioning. You know, like sense. I remember, I remember being at First Avenue when I was like <clears throat> really young and I couldn't even get through the front door. One, I couldn't afford the ticket. <clears throat> Two, I couldn't finesse them. So I was like, I just stood back and watched. So I went into the little sidebar, I forget what it's called, but I went into the, the depot. I went into the little sidebar and I'm sitting there watching. 
man, I seen a cook open the back left door, turn right, open another door and go into the garage. I'm like, oh man, hold on real quick. I let that man come back in do his job. I walked through that same double door and I was in that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept running it every time. They to this day have never they never caught me. I don't have to do it now, but they never caught me doing it. That's crazy. And I would just build relationships, bro. Yeah. Just hang out. Just be you. Be calm, be cool, collected, and just communicate. Have a good time. Don't get too wasted and be responsible and don't make anybody look bad. You're gonna be around for a while. Yeah, bro. You know, it's funny. I actually recently did that. I like did that same double door tricks. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was getting food in the depot doing the same thing. And that's actually how I met Gravy um, recently was in March of this year. I met Gravy doing that same thing because he was at the mod. So I ran into him at that double door. (laughs) Because it's also, <laughs> they use that door to like get artists back in to get food, like pick yeah. stuff up. They use it often. So like Gravy was back there and goes, oh shit, my B. And then Tip saw me and Tip knew me. And Tip was like, oh, what's good, bro? And explained to Gravy who I was and boom, I made a connection right there. So like it's yeah. happenstance a lot of that time. You know what I mean? But that's that's funny. You had a similar experience. Um, Bro, that's how I met E-40. Oh, I, E-40 a, gave, a me a bottle Earl, gave me a bottle of Earl Stevens. That man's a wine. Goat. I was like 15. Well, again, like like you said, your height makes you look ten years fucking older than you are, bro. I mean, it did. Yeah, now like, it makes sense, but yeah, now nah, like yeah, man, it's just all about the hustle and what you're willing to put in. There's an artist on this planet named um, Kosha Dills. I've heard of him, and I was with him very early in my career. And that man has the most impenetrable hustle you have ever experienced in your life. And some of his tactics on his hustle are to me and this is not a knock at him at all because it's, it's worked for him but just kind of sus so I, I'm, I'm a really sit back and watch kind of guy yeah i'm not gonna just dive in and you know flop i'm gonna sit there and watch and see how everybody moves and set it up so that there's a whole victory and i, I watched him for about a year and his hustle really rubbed off on me in the most positive way because i took all the positives out of it and kind of discarded all the negatives and made it my own thing reinvented it and i'm kind of thankful for that because it taught me how to just be almost impenetrable mind you i still have days where i'm i'm like <clears throat> if i get a series of no's even if it's on a small thing i get like down about it but then i just kind of reinvent the way that i'm approaching it to make it make sense for everybody and realize that it's not the end of the world the door is not closed it's just slowly shutting well yeah not yeah i mean i feel that it's just like for me no's i mean i went to i went to college for sales bro so all you get is no 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 until you change your your tactics and your strategy because basically yeah. how i think about it is like your strategies your overall goal and then your tactics are going to be the ways to get to that goal that's that's the only way i've ever thought about life that's why again i'm happy with where i'm at i was happy pivoting etc and like i don't know man i remember there's a lot of cats around me. I'll be honest, man, from my point of view, you're, you're one of them included. I knew a lot of people when I was working in the same realm, but all these cats blew up around me. And I was like, what yeah. am I doing wrong? Because I'm, I'm, I would talk to y'all. I would get advice from y'all. Because I was a kid too, but like I would at least still try my tactics and change it to my overall strategy. It didn't work for me, but that didn't stop me. And now I'm really happy that I didn't stop because otherwise I wouldn't have made my bag either. You know what I mean? So, like, so yeah, so. man. I mean, you got to be resilient. You got to be fucking impenetrable. Oh, God, bro. That's, I don't know, man. That That's just, that's a mindset I want to give to everybody in this state. Think bigger. 
change your strategy, change your goals, but never, ever, ever quit, bro. Period. Um, and I think Cyril is a big, big motivator of that, big example of that. Um, and before I go here, I want to talk about not just what's next, because before we just say what's next, like I, it's, you're always doing good, some good. crazy shit. Um, what was mem- momentum like you before COVID, bro? Because like as a DJ, it can't like you said, you're ready to get on touring that's your job right so like as a dj how is how has it been kind of losing some of that momentum because of all this shit going on i mean shit at first i was like oh this is kind of cool i got a small little break like i don't gotta be in a different state every day type shit yeah and and then it just turned to like well fuck dude like (laughs) my first concert's in portugal in july next year like Mm -hmm. that's a long ass time i'm ready to go you know, and then you do virtual performances and all that shit. But it's it's been relaxing. It's actually been a great opportunity to make a lot of new music, uh, play video games. I've been playing video games all day long. I didn't um, touch on that. You thug. do a lot of cow with these people, bro, like Grizzly and yeah. fucking bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, Thug, Meek, you know, all of them. Like, Any day you want to. Call of Duty. That shit's really the new networking <laughs> thing because everybody's on that motherfucker. So you can just, you know, squat up and, you know become friends that way you don't gotta run into a motherfucker at the airport or backstage or whatever in the restaurant or at somebody's auntie's kitchen like (laughs) it's it's actually a lot easier to kind of grow your uh contact list and get features and all that stuff like i'd be i'd be fucking kids up bro i'd be i'd be i'd be real i picked up words on beginning of quarantine because i mean my industry stopped too i'm gonna be real uh my con our concerts aren't until next fall so like we got shut lighting up for next fall. But I mean, like before that, like I'd just be on Warzone dropping 15, 20 kills. I think my, yeah, my, yeah. my best is 24. Cause I'd be rocking with some pro players though. I'll be real. Like I know a couple people who are actually in this call duty league. Like, yeah, and, like yeah. we actually be like, cause the well, reason why I know them, cause before anybody knew me, bro, I used to be sponsored by call of duty and Mountain Dew when I was 14. No way. Yeah, bro. I was one of the best snipers in the game, bro. I'm not even playing like modern warfare Two. I was the best because the reason why I was labeled that is because I was going to these tournaments and I'd whoop these cats that are like an optic and like big ass, yeah. like now funded people. Not people. Not a lot of people knew that about me. And I was like literally a free agent, but I was too young to be like actually considered because I wasn't 18. So now right. I know these cats. Now they got older and like we all game together and we fuck kids up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm good at this shit. But yeah. I'm not putting down no 15. I mean, some games, it takes me, first of all, it takes me like two hours to get warmed up on that. Uh, I feel you. And then once I get in the zone, I'm putting down like 8 to 11 <clears throat> on a good game, like 15 maybe. Hey, bro, I'll throw the backpack on for you. Let me know, bro. Let me know. Yeah, I got come you. on. I'll be playing with all the X-Set pros, <laughs> um, and they be carrying my ass. My boy, my boy Cole, he got – I think I was, played a quad with him, like, two days ago, bro. He got, like, 54 kills. I, yeah, you, I couldn't even get fucked. three. That's fucked, bro. That's fucked. Because he'd be taking all of them. That's fucked, bro. He's like, bro, just drive the helicopter. Pick up everybody. <laughs> no cap, <laughs> like, like, fuck you mean, bro. No cap, bro. <laughs> Ain't no Captain Sam. That's crazy shit, man. Um. Well, anyway, to to give you respect to your time, I appreciate you being on, man. What's next for Side Real, bro? What's next? Shit, man. We got Rolling Loud tomorrow. Rolling Loud Virtual. It's going to be interesting. Tune in. Um, a lot of massive, massive placements on the way. A lot of really big records coming. I just dropped the uh, the show Homage to the Hometown. Uh, I did a record with Lil Keed and K-Camp. And I did the Minneapolis remix with Taylor J and Minnesota Fat. 
brought that man out of retirement. So make sure you tap in with that. But just a lot of music, man. A lot of music, not just coming from me, but a lot of things that I produced for a lot of people uh, soon come. Very, very soon. Sooner than you think. I fuck with it, bro. And again, hopefully when this podcast comes out, it'll be out and they can tune in. So I appreciate you. Stay safe out there at Miami, bro. For real. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. Hey, bundle up in Minnesota. I could talk to my mom today. She says it's getting cold. Bro, it's it was high was 48 today. Yeah, motherfucker, you better turn on that heat. I, I, you know, it's fucked up. I don't got heat in here. I moved. You better a, go get I'm, one of those. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, it's like a furnace lamp or some shit like that. Oh, bro, you know we have like five or six. You're not in Minnesota if you don't have like five or six space heaters on deck, bro. Space heater. Yeah, bro. You know, yeah, you, I've been you, in LA so long. I don't even need that. <laughs> you've been there for like forty, bro. Man, it's you missed that polar vortex we had a couple years ago, bro. Like yes. I'm good on all that, bro. You can keep it. <laughs> all right, bro. Hey, be safe. Be well. Thank you, everybody, for all the love you've been showing in Kev's perspective. I hope you guys pick up the gems that are being dropped in these conversations. Please go subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Kev's Perspective. Again, don't forget that comma. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review on the very bottom. I'd love to hear your feedback. And for any kind of guests you want to hear on the podcast, go follow me on Instagram. It's at Kev's Perspective Podcast. Again, it's at Kev's Perspective Podcast. Thank you for listening and keep supporting. Cheers.